0: Hey you guys, so glad you're here. Welcome to Poking Bears, where I get to talk to incredible individuals about who they are and where they think the world is headed. In this episode, I got to chat with the AJ Velasco. We talk about his post-secondary experience as a dancer and where his team glum came from. He also goes through his journey from nursing to dance and gives advice to post-secondary dancers in terms of pursuing your passion and talks about himself as a constant work in progress. I hope you enjoy listening.
1: Oh OG, damn, I'm all day. No, I appreciate, I'm glad you're doing this. It's been a it's, a, it's a really cool thing and I'm glad that, you know, you're pursuing that. That passion of yours Mm -hmm. so I'm here to support it thank you for having me
0: thank you AJ something that I like to do um before we kind of get into uh all of you know all the amazing questions that I have for you is talk about your childhood and your beginning so who were you as a kid and what was your childhood like
1: Oh man. Okay, let's let's go back. Okay, for the record, I'm not that old, twenty eight. So we're good. We're out here. We're out here. 30 is a new twenty, right? As we say. <laughs> um, child. So, uh, born and raised in Mississauga, I am a. Uh, I mean, I'm Canadian. My parents they immigrated from uh, the Philippines. Uh, but my childhood, I I would say is like you know like the typical like pretty average childhood. Um, I'm an only child, so I think. Going, like, growing up, there was definitely, like, some pressure with, like, my family um, trying to, like, you know, show up and, like, be a, be a good son. Um, or maybe they, maybe they didn't imply, but something I, I, I think I internally wanted to achieve for them to make them proud. Um, elementary school, you know, it's pretty basic, you know, your typical stuff. High school. High school was pretty – high school was, was an interesting time, too. Like, that was when – um. I started to actually get more into like dancing. Um, mm-hmm. The whole goal was like, you know, trying to figure out like where I want to go for university is something I think a lot of like uh, a lot of mm-hmm. students or like people can relate to, like, you know, you go through high school trying to get all these high grades and then you're like, man, what university to go to? What do I want to do with my life? Mm-hmm. But then you realize like later on you, you're still figuring that out. So I think that whole transition going into from high school into like university was very, um, was like I went to University of Guelph, and I think um, I went there in the hopes of becoming um, a physician or going to medical school. Mm-hmm. Um, but my child was like pretty good. You know, I played video games, uh, watched a lot of movies, ate a lot of snacks. Um, I think a big portion of my childhood as well was I played piano for about I'd say like maybe like ten years. Mm. And I think there was a point in, like, I would, it was either I would never play sports because my mom was, like, afraid I'd break a bone or, like, mm-hmm. i get injured and, like, <laughs> and then end up, like, in the hospital or something. Um, so she really enforced me to play piano. And I remember I hated playing piano for the longest mm-hmm. time. Um, and then when I did end up joining a sport, ironically, I did break a bone. And then <laughs> my mom was like, wow. I told you. And then... Um, but, yeah, and it's, it's it's like it's a pretty funny story because I broke a bone. I broke my um I, I fractured my my radius and all like my my forearm and um Oh yikes. But I did it in soccer. And I'm, you're not even supposed to use your hands, right? Like, fudge. Right. So <laughs> So my mom was like, "Yeah, no more sports." And I was like, "Yeah, mm-hmm. so I I had to do rehabilitation and um I actually picked up piano mm-hmm. because using my um playing piano was something that the the physiotherapists were saying like it's a good idea to to, to do. So I got back into mm-hmm. it um but I remember I found, like, I found my love for it again because I, I heard someone playing, like, a Super Mario theme song on the piano. And I was, like, wow, that's so cool. I want to do that. And then uh, a lot of, like, guess my recreation activity was within uh, practicing piano. Um, and then just studying and playing, uh, playing video games, you know. That's, like, <laughs> that's pretty <Yeah>. much it. <laughs> um, right. Yeah, that's pretty much it. Damn.
0: Mm-hmm. And you said, like, in high school, is that when you started dancing? Is that when you were drawn to dance?
1: Yeah. um, I think high school was when I really – was, like, the first opportunity where the idea of, like, join, like, the idea of, like, being part of a team. It was very, like, a novel thing to me. Um, And that was, like, through – through two of my two of my um, high school friends, Elena Ardiente and Alex Wong, they made this dance team called Yellow, like Y-E-L-L slash mm-hmm. O-H. Um, and they asked me to like be part of that. And I think that that was like what kind of sprouted it. Um, but I've always, I've, there's like some old like baby videos of me, like always dancing to like Michael Jackson I don't know why, but, like, I was on beat, which is pretty hype. Um, mm-hmm. So, like, maybe, like, those, you know, those, like, those moments where my parents would, like, encourage me to, like, dance, like, at, ho- like, parties or, like, right. like, yeah, like, AJ, hey, dude, dude yeah, you should show them their dance moves. I'm, like, no, I'm shy. Ah! <laughs> so, right. And now look at me, right? So uh, I think that, like, maybe my parents were the reason why, like, I, I, I'm actually dancing. But the mm-hmm. first opportunity I definitely had, um, and I was, like, supported and, like, welcomed was definitely through high school and that in our high school dance team called Yellow. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Right.
0: And then coming to Guelph, you said, you know, coming uh, in, in hopes to kind of go to med school. And then that's when, is that when, you know, Acha came up to at Guelph? Is that how that journey went to? And, you know, what did that look like? Like, did you, were you always planning to join them or was it just something that you decided last minute?
1: Right, yeah. Um, with Guelph, I think, oh man that feels like a while back but like I remember like my intention going to Guelph was like you know to be part of like a a post-secondary dance team um there was like already like I already knew about like other schools who, who had a post-secondary dance, dance team um but at that time I think right. the first year there wasn't an, an actual or like that I was aware of uh, of a, a post-secondary post-secondary competitive dance team um that was going to be like participating in like out, right? So um, I was just like, I was just kind of like in limbo. I mean, I was like studying in like my pre, um, my pre-med or like my biological science degree, um, mm-hmm. and just going through the motion of being a freshman. Uh, and then it was about, I believe, like either first year or like entering or like second year, um, two of uh, the, the actual creators of ACHA, um, Kevin Uh, vanilla and kate they um they created um the team uh it wasn't named at the time but they had auditions and they were the real again like the real driving force of like what happened with that whole dance Mm -hmm. team um and that whole time we did because we were so brand new i think at that time you had to like audition your team to enter the competition and i think we were we were still we were still such a brand new team and like there was a brand like we didn't know how to um to really dance together um so we didn't get accepted but after that year when we didn't get accepted we started to train and then uh we we eventually got accepted and then at your crew start at your crew actually became from <laughs> from a, a, a friend on our team hamden and um uh, I don't I forget the, the the language, but "acha" like means like you know like good. So we were saying like we're good. Right. So he's like like we're coming atcha. So we're we're using like the like puns and stuff, and it, it kind of worked mm-hmm. out. And the the fist was just like I think like like props and stuff. So that's how like the name flourished. Um, and right. then my my opportunity to to choreograph um, and like assistant directing was something that like just kind of happened when um Mm -hmm. with uh just sharing ideas and like working with the team collectively um I had the opportunity to start choreographing for some pieces and like organizing certain artistic directions with the um other other members of the team and directors
0: Mm -hmm. and you know what since then like you've judged quite a few post-secondary competitions as well and you know coming back like what was what's that like like was it like a full circle feeling? Was it weird?
1: Right. Oh, um, yeah. That yeah, that was um, that was super. Like, that was a great experience and a great opportunity. Mm-hmm. Um, def- like like you said, full circle. I was like, wow, this is like super surreal. It was also a bit like daunting. I was like pretty scared to be honest. Cause mm-hmm. I'm like, man, I. And and like <laughs> for I was, when I got asked, I was like, dang, I don't even, I don't know if I'm like really qualified for this because like right. I'm just right um but like for the judging positions it was like kind of like stated of like more like an alumni judge um Mm -hmm. but you know it's um it was like it was a really great experience i'm super happy i got that um it was like really cool to see like being on that other side of like like of being Mm -hmm. on a panel and watching other post-secondary students create and share what they've right. done through their their personal experiences, and it's like really beautiful to see like how everyone is bringing their own kind of personality on stage, and uh, mm-hmm. and how like everything like yeah, it, it was it's such a great community to to have because like man, school gets pretty crazy, right? Like, and mm-hmm. it's like that whole you're like you know you're trying to figure out what you want to do with life, and then you got to maintain your grades and then you're like I don't even know if I want to do this or like you know you want to do it but like your profs suck or something and like Mm -hmm. it's a lot it's heavy it's heavy so it's really it was really nice to see that like we had an opportunity to have a space to share and create and like um and even compete with each other so that was great
0: yeah and you know, to like to your point, to be on that other side of that panel and kind of look at the people on stage. And you know, since you've been one of those people, you you know the behind the scenes, and that gives you this added perspective. And you know, since then, I think the last post sec competition that you judged was um, ACAT 19, I think. And like, what's changing, you know, with, since your time on stage and then, you know, fast forward to now, do you notice that, you know, things are kind of changing and.
1: Mm, yeah. Oh my God. It had two, okay, it's not, it's not that far. Oh, I feel like a goldfish memory. Um, I think the one thing for sure is like, everyone is just like leveling up. <laughs> so, like uh right. like everyone I feel like I'm looking I'm like man if y'all competed like this when I was doing it I was like yo mm-hmm. I would we would have been close a place it was like everyone's like really leveling up everyone right. is bringing like some new like or like their, their own interpretation of different music um storytelling mm-hmm. um I think that's one big thing for me One thing I'm Mm -hmm. also noticing more now is like a lot of people are trying to find, and this is something that I experience as well. I can speak for myself is that like when, you know, I get so, when you get so caught up into like choreography, you, you reach like a plateau. It's almost like um, with like weightlifting, you, you're like, you're going to lift a certain weight, but then you'll end up like plateauing. And I think the people are starting to look for, or experiment with either different concepts, going back to like, let's say street style foundational movement in like, uh, hip hop, mm-hmm. um, popping, locking, breaking, house, mm-hmm. like different styles or even like content modern jazz, you can right. even go like, right, like, um, I think it's, it's been really nice to see people allow themselves to try new things. So that they can learn more about themselves and what they like and what they don't like. And then you really get to see that in their art, which is really, it's really beautiful. It's really nice. Um, and right. I, that's something that, you know, where I, I, I definitely see more, I think when, when I started out, like when, when I started um, it was like, I would say pretty linear, but like the movement is def- was definitely a bit different compared to how, how things are now. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. And, it, so and now a lot of teams are a lot cleaner like I remember I was, I was like watching like I think I was watching by one time back in back back then when I was like a I'm like damn this team is freaking hella clean like holy um but like now I, like there's like a good portion of people who are like you know really executing well like their choreography well and now we're just in a weird spot right because now we're learning like if we're dancing it's right now we're like probably learning off of zoom or like online so right. we're like we're a little own challenge um, right. But yeah, that was one thing for sure.
0: Yeah. And, you know, like while we're on the topic of like choreography, where did that curiosity come from for you? You mentioned that you started, you know, uh, making pieces for Acha uh, throughout your post-sec career. And where did that come from? Were you always drawn to storytelling and, you know, just creating?
1: Right. Uh, actually, my the the opportunity for me to choreograph came earlier. Um, and it was through my high school team, Yellow. But here we go, confession, right? So, because when I learned dancing, <laughs> like, real, like, well, the way I learned was, like, off of YouTube, right? Like, you know, like, you, you'd see, right. I looked up a lot to the, like, uh, the West Coast um, choreography. Um, mm-hmm. So, like, Sean, like, Sean Evaristo, um, the, uh, like, the Keone, you know, Lyle, mm-hmm. Uh, like those people I would look up to or like Brian Puspos right um so I learned off that um and then when yellow had the opportunity I since this is like this is how fresh like and new I was to it like I would like legit like plagiarize moves (laughs) (laughs) right like that's because I didn't know and and you know what if if anyone's listening out there and you've done it hey I'm with you but I learned that's how we grow okay yeah and my friend Mm -hmm. my friend um Elena like she she called me out she's like dude you can't do that like that's not Mm -hmm. that's like someone else's art and I was like oh fuck, yeah you right and like there was this internal battle because it's like and I think you know it's it's something that's like maybe you know relatable to some people um but like definitely even like with me is like you know, you want to create stuff that, like, sometimes that looks cool rather than, like, what just feels good to you naturally and, like, mm-hmm. what you have to offer. And I think that was, like, maybe the first opportunity where I experienced that. And then, you know, um, I wanted to still create, I, you know, like, freestyling or what, what I believed was freestyling or just move free movement into music was something that I enjoyed. Because, um, mm-hmm. like, it was something that you do with, like, you know, at parties and you do with friends and stuff and family. So I, I did create in high school. Teaching was like um its own kind of like was its own separate thing. And yeah. with the with op like with yellow having that opportunity for me to like experiment and like mm-hmm. them being patient to learn and teach. Cause we all knew that like we were students, we're we are not professional dancers. Um none of us actually I not that I'm aware of were like seeking like professional training in dancing so it was like this like idea of like okay like hey we're we're students we want to create choreography we want to teach each other it for like you know talent shows so there was just like understanding like okay we're not gonna be like maybe the best teachers um but we're like gonna work better to like understand how that how that works um, and I think that's like where everything slowly started taking off. After that high school thing, I never played Rise because yeah, I was like, oh yeah, like so I learned. I learned from that. Um, but yeah, I think that's that was one thing because I learned off. Uh, I learned off YouTube, so I was like, oh, these moves are super cool, and then,
0: mm-hmm. and I
1: would do that. So that's how okay. it started.
0: Hmm. And you know, I'm glad you brought up teaching because it kind of um, you know when I was doing my research the other day, like I was trying to think back to where I met you first, and you know, it took me back to like I think 2016, where you know this was back at Gateway, and I remember it was so me and my friend Erin, we were supposed to take a class from Paul Santiago, and mm-hmm. you know that was that was the plan, and we both said, you know what, we've got nothing better to do after school, let's just let's just have fun, um, and then we showed up. And that's when we were told that, oh, yeah, sorry, guys, Paul isn't teaching anymore. Uh, this person called Adrian Velasco, he's subbing for him. And both her and I were like, yeah, like, we've definitely heard of him. We've seen his stuff, but we've never learned from him before. So this is definitely, like, a out of that comfort zone type of class. And, you know, I like Erin being the brave one, she was like, yeah, let's just do it. And I was like, I don't know. Like, he seems really cool. And so that's how we ended up taking your class. Mm-hmm. And I remember you taught to – uh, Redemption by Drake. Drake and, yeah, like, I, I remember. was yeah, <laughs> right. And I, I like both her and I, I think we got completely bodied in that class. But you know, I think that's where. I was just so drawn to your movement and in your choreo because it was so unique. And so, me and my friends we talk about this a lot. Like, yeah, fun fact, we fangirl a lot, AJ. Like, totally no big deal. But, (laughs) but your wordplay, I think the way that you kind of integrate your wordplay and then your textures and there's so many facets to it. But yeah, that was. That was a memory that just kind of popped up in my head and it makes me curious as to you know you've created so many pieces and you've had an opportunity to kind of put put out so much content and it makes me curious as to do you have like a favorite like a favorite piece that you've created or a favorite class that you've taught
1: oh wow uh yeah, yeah, I, I, you know I do. You know I, I, thank you, Ray. I appreciate appreciate that for like letting me know. Uh, and I do remember that class. I do remember you guys, you, like you ladies coming through. Okay, for the record, you didn't, you you did, you 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 bodied it. It did not body you. Like you, I remember y'all killed it. I was like, dang, you're good. like I should have okay, made it harder. No. <laughs> um, but I definitely think um, a piece that I do like. I think there's like two pieces, or, like, a couple pieces that I I definitely really like enjoyed creating um Mm -hmm. one of them was uh my costa rica piece um because like that at that time when i created it i i just finished like coming back from sd to Mm -hmm. from like training like taking some classes at building block Um, Mm -hmm. and then i just finished like doing like uh the abrid intensive with apollonia um Mm -hmm. So I wanted, and and I was still doing footnotes. So I really wanted to apply like some of the knowledge that I've I've learned from there. Um, And then another piece I really enjoyed making was uh, my Dior piece because uh, that one for me just flowed really well. Like I think Mm -hmm. that was like, the I I thought, I didn't think so much for that piece. I just kind of like allowed myself to move rather than like Mm -hmm. really break down the music and like my ideas Mm -hmm. and concepts with wordplay. Um, mm-hmm. and then I really have like like the small funny i I think like when I have one it's funny because like you know sometimes I feel like i I'm like really critical of my pieces, but I do like the 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 pieces where I get to like really story tell like I have a piece brown eye blues, and I think it allowed mm-hmm. myself to like be that like you know you say I'm cool, but I'm actually really dorky and like a a derp a lot, so mm-hmm. <laughs> so like I feel like that brown eye blues piece like really shows just kind of like that like little like that little boy like who is like infatuated by someone.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Um uh, and <laughs> yeah, like I think those like ones are like really highlighted those stuff. Uh mm-hmm. my needed piece, I really I really enjoyed that one. I think that was really fun. Uh creating that and like brainstorming that with Kin. That was like such a mm-hmm. such a pleasure. Yeah,
0: yeah, oh, yeah. Oh man. I I've taken like a like a few classes from you and, and every single time I think um it, it's always just such a privilege to learn from you AJ and, and I think my personal favorite that I've like a class that I've learned from you is um Come Together by the Beatles and this was like way back like 17 I think and I remember when you taught to it it was like such a party I think that's for like a couple of weeks that's all what people could talk about and I remember you used to teach on the Tuesdays and then uh people would kind of ask for a reteach then I finally got to kind of take that reteach but that was like that's one of my favorites
1: Oh, thank you. Oh, yeah, I do remember that. That one was a vibe. I remember, like, <laughs> yeah. rocking out That's in so. the studio.
0: That's <laughs> right. Um, and you know what? You've you talked about, like, being on a team setting. So you started off in high school, um, and then obviously Guelph. And, and since then you've also, you know, been on C2, you know, the team and, and so on and so forth. And, and kind of to fast forward to a couple years ago to starting your own team, Glum, and what, what prompted that and, and what was your experience like with that?
1: Okay. So Glum, I'm not, the way it prompted was, uh it was one it was after um a post-secondary comp and I, mm-hmm. I think I was I was backstage and uh it was it was Robert De Mesa, it was Rebecca mm-hmm. Lim and it was Charles Escobedo mm-hmm. who came up to me and they're like hey AJ you should start a team and we'll like join mm-hmm. it and I was like "Nah, I don't want to do it <laughs> I'm cool okay. thanks right um but then I think after that time like You know the idea manifested i'm like yeah like let's let's start a team i think you know there's like there's there's an interest and like i'd love to dance with friends that uh i'd love to dance with friends that i you know that i've always wanted to dance with um and i think it'd be really interesting to try that in a team setting Mm -hmm. um so um the way that it like really like started was um uh, a discussion with rebecca charles and then we um i wanted also like the like the direction and like create like create a direction um from fare as well mm-hmm. he was he's a member of on vi uh or was a member on vi Nice he's graduated now with mm-hmm. safari um if you're listening and um we had a discussion at K pocha hey, one of the best chicken spots ever in saga <laughs> and um we, we decided, okay, let's do this. Let's make this a thing. So like we, we started it out. Um, and like, you know, we, we, we had an idea of like what we wanted to do with it. Um, but running Glum was like a really interesting experience. It helped me learn more about myself. And I think with how Mm -hmm. everything like fast forwarding right now with like COVID and just kind of like Mm -hmm. my personal direction and like, Goals in in dance or like let's say a team setting is has changed which is like really cool um so we we basically rewinding back we basically we, we had two seasons uh, or like one, a season being one full year so we had one year where we we trained and then we we competed for um uh redefined competition um and that was like a cool experience i think one thing i learned from that was like you know, like, we wanted to dance with friends, and I think that was, like, mm-hmm. really, really great. But also, like, to dance because we're friends is very different mm-hmm. from wanting to dance and becoming friends.
0: Right.
1: Um, Like, I think on my personal end, I'd rather – I mean, if we're doing – if I'm doing a dance team, I'd rather just have uh, – I'd rather just, you know, dance and then maybe – create friendships from that. But like the, the whole like main goal was to, is to dance and compete and trade together. But in terms of like, if friendship is like overlaying that idea, then it, it it's like really challenging because like like sometimes like you you go to rehearsal and like you don't really want to dance, you just want to hang out with friends, right? So like right. there's that like really hard like permeable boundary that, that tends to become like crossed very often. Um, and then on the second year we held, we actually held auditions and that was a bit more of like, um, uh, an expectation of like, this is what we want to do. Um, it was pretty much like a brand new team. Um, and we had mm-hmm. some really great members on there. Um, but then, you know, once we, we were training and preparing for, uh, we did a showcase and we were preparing for a comp, um, mm-hmm. COVID hit. And then here we are. Um, but that, again, this made me realize, I think at, when COVID hit, like it really made me think about like, man, what do I really wanna do with this? Like because, um, mm-hmm. Charles and Fari had to take a step back for personal reasons. And then Rebecca and I were the, the two directors currently running the team. And when COVID hit, we were kind of like, you know, waiting to see what would happen and see if we're gonna jump back into it. Um, and, you mm-hmm. know, here we are uh what day is it today today's October 11th mm-hmm. and uh we're currently modified stage two no studios are open um mm-hmm. and it made me kind of even just like unpack my own personal things I mean, like what why what is it like that I really want to do with a team and I think mm-hmm. like in all honesty it was like I kind of maybe went into the into creating a team or like sustaining the team for like the wrong reasons in terms of like, mm. you know, I thought like it was a great way to, you know, to dance with people within Mississauga, which is a good reason. But also like say like, oh, maybe this is like in terms of like the dance profession, this is like the thing that I need to do in order to be successful as a professional dancer. And I don't think that is very true. Um, or maybe the the idea that like I don't need to run my own team to become a successful dancer, and I, and I think I have, I, I learned to just kind of, like, let go of that ego, and even, like, the idea of, like, running a team, like, under my name, like, I think that was something, I was just, like, you know what, like, I, I really don't, I don't care about that anymore, um, and Rebecca, I can't speak for Rebecca, but, you know, like, in, in, in short, like, we basically were saying, like, she was, she's, um, she's a part-time teacher, and, like, she is focusing more on her like professional career and her own personal mm-hmm. life too and i'm like that is way more important than like trying to uphold expectations that people are holding for you um yeah. you, you know like we where we have to learn that we um we we come first right so mm-hmm. um and i think once we discussed that we we decided to to end glum um a couple like a m um, like i think i was like a couple months or something ago, um, mm. just to, but yeah, just to like, you know, like, I, I cause I, I mean, I'm the only one that like, it was Rebecca and I directing and we didn't actually feel like we wanted to direct anymore or like had any purpose to direct. Um, and mm. I think it's okay. I think, you know, at the end of the day, dance will always be there. Um, yeah. Dance doesn't need us, we need dance, right? So whenever we're ready to dance, we'll dance again. Um, right. There'll always be teams. Will I be on a team in the future? I, w- I would love to be on a team in the future. Will I want to direct it? I don't know. I'd rather be a dancer. <laughs> Less stress for me. Um, but that it's definitely not the end, I think, in terms of like my experience being on like, a, a, a dance team setting.
0: Yeah, and you know what? There's this ex- this expectation of you know, especially coming from a background of being you know on team after team. There's this expectation of of combining team settings and just dance in general, and like kind of ref- like kind of containing that and limiting those exposures that you get from dance and it's this uncomfortable feeling to kind of um you know not be on a team suddenly after you know being on a team directing a team for so long and um it's something that you know even as a post-secondary student myself it's, it's it's kind of a memo that's just passed down like like you graduate you start a team you direct it boom move on like that that's that's how to become a dancer in this industry and you know it's time that you know people's started kind of breaking down those expectations and those memos that are passed down and start creating your own because you're right like you know not being on a team does not stop you from being a dancer or that's just something that i that's a pattern that like at least i can see you know in our industry here
1: yeah 100 preach great Mm -hmm. preach
0: (laughs) yeah and okay so to go back a little bit i'm kind of like all over the place here but to kind of rewind back to starting at Guelph. And you said you wanted to kind of, you started off as as like a pre-med student and to fast forward to now, I know like it's, it's been a whole journey and I know there's mm-hmm. stories there. So I just want to ask you like, what's that journey? Like, take us, take us through that.
1: All right, ladies and gentlemen, buckle up. Here we go. Um, <laughs> yeah. I think this might, might be relatable to some people in post-secondary scene. Um, mm-hmm. So, crew was happening Guelph well, I'm still studying for my pre-med and I, I I was like diligently except second year you know I went the whole like yeah let's go out let's have fun woo, right um but I was like pretty much like studying pretty I like pretty decently with like trying to trying to get my grades up for like medical school um third fourth year um they were get they were they're were, they're were pretty good um and then I remember while juggling dance, I was planning to write. Oh, I actually, I, I submitted to write my medical um, admission e- exam. My, comprehensive, my It's called MCAT, Medical Comprehension Admission Test. Um, mm-hmm. So I wrote that uh, and I was studying for that while like doing dance. Um, there was this definite like, this is like when I was like, you know, having to decide like, oh man, like it kind of felt like a chore to be honest like mm. studying felt like a chore learning about like molecular proteins felt like a chore I didn't really feel like an interest mm. but it felt like something that was like the right thing to do right in terms of like mm-hmm. society's pressures or even like not even maybe more um internally like uh, or close closely would but have been like my family pressures too um mm-hmm. so i wrote my test i was still dancing i was like i now i was still in that's crew um and then i i remember i was like okay so i just i read my mcat and i failed. i did really bad the first time and i was like okay i gotta do it again <laughs> um mm-hmm. and then i was like hey, what are my o- other options like i need to, i obviously need to, i need to get fifth year because like my grades are pretty poop and i still need to figure out if med school isn't a thing what can i do and i mm-hmm. the next thing i remember was like reflecting was about like oh like there's an opportunity to To provide therapeutic care um, mm-hmm. and like westernized type of like treatment as a nurse, um, as a registered nurse. So, I I applied to uh, nursing. I applied to two schools: McMaster and University of Toronto uh, for their accelerated mm-hmm. nursing program. And during my time of my fifth year, I uh, when I finished writing my second MCAT uh, to to get higher marks, um, I. I received an acceptance letter from University of Toronto to do um, registered nurse, to uh, to do the registered Mm -hmm. nurse program for two years. And I think uh, I was like, oh man, this is a freaking sign. Because I was just waiting for my MCAT scores. But like my MCAT scores were like, they didn't determine if I was going to go to medical school or not, right? Um, Mm -hmm. I still had to apply for medical school. Mm
0: -hmm. And
1: like at that point, I was just like, man, I already have like my foot in the door in terms of like to see what it's like to be in the field, right? Mm-hmm. Um, so I was like, you know, I'm going to take this. I think it's a sign from the universe, from God. I'm going to, I'm going to do this. So I did it. Did my two years. I think at that time I was still dancing, but I took a step back from like the whole choreography directing thing um, to mm-hmm. just being a dancer on C2. Um, mm-hmm. I did teach, I believe, like drop ins here and there um, at Gateway at that time. Oh. Um, yeah, and then I got, I finished a program. I started nursing. Uh, at SickKids Hospital and I really enjoyed you know for for the most bit like there was something something about nursing that I really enjoyed and I think like the whole therapeutic aspect of of being like empathizing and caring for the patient and trying to to support them um, mentally spiritually um, and physically um, and to to have the knowledge and be part of a team where we were able to to work collectively to find mm-hmm. a solution to bring patients back home to their families. Um, so I worked mm-hmm. on uh, SickKids for about two years. Um, and I think I was, uh, this was also transitioning like, oh man, there's like layers. Like this is like, I just finished dancing with C2 and then I started just teaching more independently and then Galang was happening at this time. So this was all happening. Um, I was teaching at Kindred to trying to run glum and then I was doing nursing on the side as a hustle right, um right. and uh it was really great I enjoyed it but the the downside was like the hours are, were rough uh there's a lot of like it's a lot to bring back home especially like when you deal with a lot of when you deal with people uh, especially mm-hmm. you know people who are like either like acutely sick or terminally sick or chronically ill mm-hmm. and then just yeah. like the whole family down so it's a lot to bring back Twelve-hour shifts. Anyone who's a nurse out there, listen mm-hmm. to this. List, you're amazing. It's freaking hard, and I support you. Yeah. Uh, I could not find mm-hmm. the balance between doing nursing and uh, my art and dance. I mm-hmm. felt like I was in in two different worlds. Um, mm-hmm. so the opportunity, like, I'm gonna say, the universe gave me an opportunity. I was like, every night shift. I'm telling you, right, every night shift. I would look on like Indeed or like Monsters.ca. Mm-hmm. And I was like looking for jobs. <laughs> I was looking for like other nursing jobs that would like pay higher. Mm-hmm. Like I was searching for yeah. like money. I was like and like less stress because like being on bedside was really challenging for me to like right. to to digest. Um and I think that really affected my relationships at home, uh with my mm-hmm. partner at that time, with my friends. I would just always work, sleep, go out, work, sleep like that, right? Um, so uh there's an opportunity um where one night, Roy messaged me saying, "Like, hey, there's, would you be interested in going to teach at Europe with me?" And I was like, mm-hmm. "What? That sounds so surreal." You know, I mean, uh, I was just like that first thing, Like, there was like, like an ignite of like excitement, and I was like, "This feeling is like something like that." Like, I'm like, "Wow, this is like something that I don't, I've always wanted to do, I've always wanted to experience." Mm-hmm. Um, and I, and I was like, you know what? Let's let's like let's explore this and I remember I talked to my my manager at that time um and she she couldn't give me um a personal leave of absence and I had to decide if I wanted oh she's like so yeah I have to I was like shit I'd have to quit or or decline this Mm -hmm. offer I don't think I'll ever have this opportunity again um and I was like you know what YOLO the words of Drake. And right. then I actually, I, I, I submitted my two weeks to my manager. I was like, yeah, I really want to do this. And then she reminded me, she's like, Aaron, it's your life, you know? And uh she's like, it's your life. You got to do what you want to do. And I was like, all right, sick. And I, I was mm. like crying. I was like, oh man, I'm so sorry I had to leave. And then she's like, it's all good. Yeah. And then uh I traveled to Europe and then uh, I haven't, That at that moment, that's when I decided I would like fully take this idea of, like, dancing uh, very, like, mm. seriously in terms of, like, training and, like, finding a way to make this um, mm. a profession for me. Yeah. Um, and confidently be able to, like, financially sustain myself, my um, mm. my peers, uh, my family, uh, my partner, you know, like, all of that stuff. Um, mm-hmm. So that's where it headed. Um, but I think, you know, it's, it's been, like, a journey. It's, like, You know, I think I've been—I've always thought I knew what I needed and like where where I should be, but I'm 28 and I feel like I'm still lost. But I'm kind of like—I felt like I have jumped off a cliff. I don't know, analogy. I felt like I jumped off a cliff, but and but like the fall is so long during Mm. the fall of uncertainty and all the things that are passing by me. I'm learning how to fly through it. So I think, like, that was, like, the opportunity for me to be, like, just, like, let go of, like, what yeah. you, where you think you need to go and, like, allow yourself to, to just experience and live and, like, fail and try. Yeah.
0: Yeah. And you know what? There's often this notion that, you know, especially, you know, coming from, let's say, a particular background that you studied for and then to kind of make that switch into kind of pursuing art or taking mm. it more seriously. There's this notion of kind of switching paths, you know, like mm-hmm, you mm-hmm. abandon this one to go to the other one. But I like to think like it's not abandoning paths, just following the right one. You know, in fact, staying in the wrong career or the wrong background that would be switching paths and abandoning the one that you're supposed to take kind of following the right path and you know just making a decision like you know to your point like having to choose between traveling to Europe to teach or to continue doing what you're doing like it, it's a pretty tough decision you're gonna have to make that very you know quickly um, mm-hmm. and, and in that moment to kind of pick the right one I think that shows a whole lot of strength and just it's badass It's it's amazing.
1: Yeah, I appreciate that Ray. Thank you. Oh, uh, and yeah. um, I totally agree with everything you're saying. Um, and like, you know, you you're also doing it too with this podcast. Like it's been, you're, you're badass. I think for <laughs> sure you. that like one thing that I, I I forgot, like maybe people experience this as well, is that like during that time when like I had to do the switch from like nursing to mm-hmm. dance, like I had, had the discussion with my parents and like that was like, Woo, that was crazy, right? Because right. like, I'm basically telling yeah. I have a stable like a stable job I have benefits Mm -hmm. uh I'm working at sick kids hospital glory like that sounds great Uh, I'm a registered nurse I'm getting paid like pretty like above medium average uh in salary Mm -hmm. so like for me to be like hey I kind of want to let go of this Mm -hmm. to pursue something that's in like if you look at it in the broad sense like you know that isn't as stable don't know Mm. Uh, I don't have benefits work uh we don't know. It's kind of it's gig based, right? They're like, "Wait, what?" Right. So that discussion was very, very challenging. So if anyone ever has to overcome that, like in the post secondary scene, like, um, yeah, it's gonna it's it was really hard. And I think everyone's gonna experience that differently with families in terms of whatever passion they want to pursue. But mm-hmm. I think one thing that like, one thing I said to them that really, I think hit home, for both of us said for the, all three of us, my mom, my dad, and myself was, like, uh, asking them, like, you know, they, they moved here. They moved, they immigrated here so that I can, like, have choice and, like, as, as they quote, a better life compared to what it would have been, like, in the Philippines. Um, so I said, well, like, you know, you moved here, and, like, I'm not happy with my work. And I'm, like, I'm, I'm not happy. Like, I don't feel happy, like, you know, doing the whole, like, the nursing shifts. Um, I do, like, certain things about it, but I feel like I can find those in a different career that allows me mm-hmm. to dance um, that still mm-hmm. pays me well right um yeah and I was like would you rather have me like make money and like not be happy for the rest of my life or like be happy
0: mm-hmm.
1: be happy and like try to figure it out so I remain I, can, I still remain happy and like I think they were like I'm very fortunate and thankful for them and they were like yeah okay try it out like go for it they mm-hmm. were they, I mean they're scared too right because they're like oh man you're you know, like like you're 28 and you don't have it, You don't have your life figured out. Um, but I think the difference between like their generation and mine and ours, or like mine, would be like, you know, they they are immigrants and they they have they, they didn't really have the choice to, to kind of like this is what I need to do, right? Um, and circumstantially, you know, they they had a they had they had me so. Their, their values and priorities were very different from kind of what I have. And I'm, I'm very mm-hmm. thankful that I have that, I'm in a, a place to do so, and I'm, I'm surrounded by mm-hmm. people who are uh, on the same wavelength and are supportive in terms of mm-hmm. what I wanna pursue. Right, I mean, like the only bills I'm really paying are like my car, I'm helping pay for like, you know, rent at home. Um, mm-hmm. And like, it's pretty, like my own personal expenses, right? But I don't, have, I don't have a house to pay, I don't have like mortgage, I don't have like, I don't have a child, right? I'm not like, I'm not married. So like, those things aren't like, I'm able to focus more on myself and like that priority. Um, so mm-hmm. they, they when I had that discussion with them, it like really kind of like, opened the idea that this is a possibility. Um, mm-hmm. And they, they've been really cool about it. You know, sometimes I get a little nervous here and there. Um, but mm-hmm. It's been a journey. It's, it's been quite a journey and the journey still continues. The journey still continues.
0: Right. It's, it's almost like a puzzle piece where had you stayed in what you were doing, you know, working at Kids and, and doing what you were doing, that puzzle piece would have always been incomplete. Not necessarily, Correct. you know, I think, you know, kind of transitioning to being a dancer and kind of pursuing that one, it's, it's not that you're completely throwing out your education out the window, or you're completely abandoning that part of yourself and the registered nurse in you. But it's almost saying like, I'm going to keep that, but I'm also going to keep digging. And I'm also going to keep looking for these other things that are going to make my puzzle piece complete. And that's something that, you know, like you said, there's this generational difference, which it's it's hard to translate that um, to, you know, like uh, our our parents' generations, because like you said, to them, they didn't necessarily have that choice. So it doesn't make sense for them to even, you know, it's hard for them to understand that that choice exists for us today. And, you know, it's the right thing to like, the right thing to do would be to make that right choice and, and, you know it makes me wonder to anyone listening who's kind of in the same boat um, do you have any advice to offer to them in 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 terms of how to kind of navigate that wild journey?
1: Mm, yeah that's who that's a that's a good question shoot uh, my advice man, I think at least from my perspective like from my experience would be to mm-hmm. take time to to learn more about yourself, and like mm-hmm. what you want to do. Um, mm-hmm. And find ways that sorry, and and try and try it. I mm-hmm. think like, we're so even myself, I wouldn't even say like, like, I'm not I'm not even like, I am I'm, I'm exempted from this. But like, sometimes we get, or I get so afraid to try new things, because like, I'm afraid to fail, right? Like, everything mm-hmm. that we're consuming is so quote, unquote, perfect, you know, um yeah or what we, we assume it's like glorious and perfect and like they don't make people don't make mistakes and like they figure everything out right away right mm-hmm. um but i think you know finding learning more about yourself unpacking kind of like your own your own like i'd say mental like traps that like push you away from it explore that more um find people who, who can support you and like, listen to like some, like your ideas. And I think it's important to also, once you've figured that out to like, depending on like, you know, your situations. I mean, for me, like my parents were like, I mean, when I, ha- I have parents and I have my mom and my dad and they're like quite supportive of like my, my journeys. But like, if it's something that is plausible then to to have that like hard conversation if that's like something that you think that like if your parents are a big part of your life that you know have that conversation with them about like what your passions are I think it's important to communicate those things um mm. or I mean but sometimes you don't I don't know I, I have like a cousin who's like <laughs> she like plays video games professionally and then didn't really like tell her parents until like later on and then like they're like oh wow mm-hmm. that's okay so cool. you're making money out of it right so like yeah. um but I think learning about what you like and making that work for you and and yeah just trying and giving yourself some grace that like it's going to take time uh, mm-hmm. and you might not figure it out until later on and I think like that's like the whole part of it right like I think wow. I, I think I still have it figured out but I, I really don't you know I think if people mm-hmm. think like oh yeah AJ has it all figured out like I really don't and to be honest I'm still like figuring out I'm actually even like going back to school and it's funny how you mentioned like I always have that nursing. I still have that nursing behind me and I, mm. I, I still do and I actually use it to to get into um a massage therapy program at Sutherland oh. Chan. Yeah. yeah. So and it's been actually really interesting because like the whole idea of like massage is like the balance of science and art to to mm-hmm. apply different like like ironically like techniques, like you haven't danced. Um, right. Applying those techniques and catering it to your your client or your patient, which is like that center of care that you that you receive. In like, will you do that in like you know teaching? Uh, you do that in nursing specifically, mm-hmm. client center focused care, and then you use therapeutic or evidence based uh, approaches to to treat to to provide that care for patients and clients. And that's something that mm-hmm. I I learned in the nursing. So I'm still right. applying those ideas. Uh, and my knowledge in nursing has definitely helped supplemented my journey through this program. Um, and I still get to mm-hmm. like, I get to like still have dance a part of my life. So like, you know, if there's dancers who are injured to, yeah, to like either treat right. that's something, a possibility, or maybe I don't even treat dancers. I just treat people um, who, who just need a massage. A massage therapy. Mm-hmm. And I get to apply like my art and like my, my therapeutic, my therapeutic knowledge and skill towards that. And I still get to mm-hmm. balance my life with dance.
0: And, and to even go that step further, your clinical background, I feel like it, It. I, I wonder if it like, you know, it shows up in dance too, because, you know, from coming from that clinical background, there's empathy, you know, there's, you know, client based care and, like. Patient is always at the center of everything and, and kind of bringing that into your role as a teacher, you know, your role as a choreographer, your role as a director, those values continue to stay with you. And, and I think it really shows, you know, like it's really visible in you. And it, it's, it's amazing that you get to kind of keep those tools that you've collected throughout your journey and continue to apply them wherever you wish.
1: Yeah, 100%. You know, like mm-hmm. the moment we work with people, anytime we are interacting with people, it's like, it's something that's very transferable. Um, right. And it's and, and it's a learning process, right? Uh, you never get it. You never get it the first try. Oh, I mean, not, not never, but like you usually, you usually will fall in like one thing works with someone and something doesn't work for another person, right? And right. Um, it's a learning. It's, they're all learning opportunities, uh, moments of exchange. Um, and you learn more about yourself in terms of even like, being empathetic, you also have to, like, you know, set those physical, emotional, spiritual, sexual boundaries, right? Like, Mm -hmm. having those boundaries for you to, like, know, like, oh, you know, like, um, as, like, uh, let's say, if I speak as, like, a registered nurse to a patient, like, I have my own hat as a registered nurse and have my set of boundaries. As, like, a teacher Mm -hmm. in a studio, I have my boundaries, you have your boundaries, where we are exchanging and we're getting to to like um to learn uh for me to teach and youth to learn, um, and that can be one on one versus like one and x amount of people in a classroom setting, um, and that also right. again translates into like the the opportunity to as a massage therapist as a practitioner right yeah um, yeah.
0: Yeah. And having those strong sense of boundaries, I think it really, it benefits not only you, but benefits everyone that you interact with too, because you're sending the message that, you know what, I have my boundaries figured out. You need to figure out yours so that we can interact safely. And it's, sure. it's a ripple effect. So hundred
1: percent. Yeah. That and, self-care, y'all that self-care.
0: Yeah, exactly. Well, I have one last question for you here. Something Go that I'd like to ask. <laughs> something that I like to ask um, everyone is, you know, I think we often focus on our shortcomings and, and whatever we're a work in progress in. And that's just something that we tend to do, which is a good thing. But at the same time, I feel like we don't um, give enough, well, shine enough light um, on on our, our strengths and something that we've already accomplished. So really curious as to what your superpower is. Ooh,
1: <laughs> sleeping in i'm just joking okay. actually that's a pretty good superpower i can sleep anywhere um <laughs> what is my superpower oh man i think i'm pretty good at uh empathizing mm-hmm. i think um it, it could be also like a, a downfall in it you know um because sometimes like you have you have to set that emotional boundary that you don't take things home with you and like Right. you know like in terms of like supporting sometimes like you want I don't know maybe for some like people just want to like fix things right away like I'm, I might be like a, I feel like sometimes like oh, I just want to fix it I wish I could make things better for you but like sometimes just being present or just like listening or even just asking you know, I've, I, I've learned uh more recently is that that's yeah. that's enough and like it just like um just like you know like how you would develop a muscle it it it, it takes time it, it might take repetitions um it might take another approach um but mm. uh to be to be to to just like list, actively listen and be there for someone is i think is like really important in terms of like empathizing so i'd like to say that my superpower is to empathize but yeah. on the contrary I, I i'm a very good i'm a very good sleeper like I'll like if i'm out <laughs> if i'm sleeping Rave, right, like you're not n- nothing's really gonna wake me up yeah so that's, that's awesome that's i feel pretty like pretty much a,
0: no that's a real 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 superpower i feel like that's such a man i struggle with that big time where sleeping problems and all that stuff but wow both your superpowers are just so cool you're a empathizing you. sleeper
1: thank you oh man that's like
0: the worst
1: it's like yeah tell me about your problems I'm, just, I'm, here <laughs> you, like, I'm here for you though i'm here for you i'm
0: here for you that's perfect well thanks so much for chatting with me aj i had just learned so much and thank you for coming on and, and sharing your knowledge with us and, and taking us through your journey i really appreciate it
1: all right thank you so much i i appreciate you for having me uh thank you for believing yourself and doing this podcast because it's amazing you're amazing and i hope to hear more from you and can't wait to see what you do in the future.
0: Thank you for listening to Poking Bears. This podcast music is produced by Alex Mack, and the artwork is designed by Farah Shahade. See you soon.